So, what you got for us, Faye? A team of highly trained operatives find themselves trapped inside an isolated military compound after its AI is suddenly shut down. The crew begins to experience strange and horrific phenomena as they attempt to uncover what killed the previous team. Well, I guess you know what they say. No retreat, no mercy. This sounds like a job for crime scene investigation. Hello and welcome to I Spit on Your Grades presents Crime Scene Investigation. Thank you very much for joining us for another cold case that we're going to go through today. As always, I am joined by Faye. Yo! Mercer. Hello! Our very own Riggs and Murtart of the podcasting world. Today we are going to cover 2017's Armed Response from John Stockwell, starring none other than the legend Wesley Snipes and WWE's Seth Rollins. And with Seth being part of the film, we needed some expert knowledge, some deeper understanding of the wrestling world, our very own Inspector Gadget. So please join <laughs> us in welcoming Select Match Types co-host Simon Cowgill. Well, I literally can't live up to that introduction, so thanks very much. <laughs> I'm not sure what makes me the Inspector Gadget of the wrestling world either. So everyone has to be someone, that's why you're him. So Fair it's enough. fine. Thank you very much for joining us, Si. No problem, thank you for having me. I think everyone will say, sorry we made you do this. <laughs> yep, <laughs> including Wesley Snipes, apparently, given his enthusiasm for in this role. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get in, we'll get into it. So, firstly, has anyone seen this film before? Thankfully, no. Nope. Will I be seeing it again? No. Aside from that brilliant plot synopsis of our case at the beginning, just to break it down very briefly, we have got a squad of special forces led by the aforementioned Mr. Wesley Snipes. They are going into a top-secret base called The Temple, where the previous team have been slaughtered in a weird series of unexplained events. So Lemony you know Snicket's it, involved. <laughs> that would be fun. Lemony Snicket does hardcore <laughs> torture porn is the way to go. So they rock up, and wouldn't you know it, weird shit starts to happen to them too. It is always the way. Ugh. <laughs> I, I instantly have a problem with the synopsis of this film because it says that it's a military compound, but they uh, go into great detail about pointing out that it's a prison. If they can't get their own synopsis right, what's the point? They can't get anything right in this film, <laughs> site. I think, you know, we, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm normally quite a positive person on these things, but I have not been this bored in a long time, if I'm honest. So, just to go, just before we go any further, well, I, just, I should probably mention at the start, we will be going spoilerific on this. We haven't spoiled anything yet, somehow. Apart from that it's in a prison. <laughs> apart from the fact that it's in a prison and the plot makes no sense. But apart from that, we've not ruined anything yet. So if you're feeling the need to go away and watch Armed Response first and come back to us, that's absolutely fine. Go and check it out. We will wait for you. And this podcast will, I imagine, contain some pretty extreme language as well, judging by the looks <laughs> on everyone's faces. I will say, starting off on a positive, um, this film does lead in with absolute ridiculousness, which I was a fan of. The scene where uh, the military guy is having a nightmare. <laughs> and, uh, well, not a nightmare, yeah, a nightmare about how his daughter passed away and how she ran over a rock on a road and ended up going onto a dual carriageway and they've put a camera in front of her and she's got a tongue hanging out for half an it. It's, it was shit. This, but... this was so hilarious. I had to go back and rewatch it. I had to, I sat there, could not stop laughing, had to rewind and then laugh just as much the second time around. It's like if Final Destination was done really badly. They're like, <laughs> right, let's have a racing with a dad. 
and then she'll catch a rock. And because we haven't got the stunt budget, we'll get her to just cycle towards the camera and ignore the fact she's having to concentrate so hard she's got her tongue sticking out while concentrating. We don't need to see the lorry. It's it's just implied. <laughs> you don't need to see the, the gruesomeness of a child being mowed down. And does she not have brakes? <laughs> yeah, she just doesn't to use them, apparently. Apparently not. <laughs> apparently. Bless her cotton socks. What I do love about this is it, I love um, these kind of, it instantly sets itself up like an early 90s action flick where we've got um, the hero has got like a really tragic, dark thing that's happened to him, like losing their child because they took their eyes off the ball for a second. Um, and, and you do think that's going to come back and have some <laughs> within the film. Yeah, it might be relevant at some point. <laughs> what? Other than other than one little dig at him, like that that never really comes back up again. I'm like, what's the point? I had some real problems with um the, the planning for uh Gabriel, the, the father of the dead girl. Um when I walk either of my dogs, I stand on the roadside so that if they try and pull out to the road, I'm in the way. If you ride in alongside a road on a bike with your daughter, maybe go the dangerous, you go the dangerous side instead of putting her in harm's way. Um, or better yet, don't ride your bike on the top of a, a big road where lorries go down it frequently. That, that, that's not how you do it with kids, side. You always put the kids oh, right, on the danger side to protect yourself. Yeah. I've only got dogs, <laughs> see, so I don't really understand. <laughs> not only do you put them on the danger side, but you then decide to play a game where you make them drive faster. Um, we're chasing them um, because that is safe increasing well, the danger <laughs> well done yeah I love I love a good setup of a, a good pointless setup just so that we understand um, Gabriel's trauma and like why he's why he's the worst alcoholic I've ever seen in my life like there were half a bottle of whiskey and a half drunk glass like all passes out after that it was worrying me that when he were having these dreams he got a box of tissues that's hiding him <laughs> I picked up on that, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we do get every single action cliche in the first minute. So dead daughter, there's his masters on the wall. Uh, he's surrounded by, I thought they were empty, the ones like on the far side of the room, but then the whiskey next to the um, opened pill bottle. We know that this guy's going through a tough time and we'll only know it in this scene of the film and then nothing will ever be referenced <laughs> again. He, he is the best person for a hangover I've ever seen in my life. I think it, do you know what, what obviously brought him round was Isaac or Wesley Snipes. Or Captain Holt. Or Captain Holt. But for some reason, rather than walking up the drive and up the stairs and knocking on the door, decides to do a little like hide and go seek game with poor Gabriel, who's like freaking out and walking around me. He's going to be like, like, why is he not just knocked on the door? Like let's, I just, talk, let's talk about the fact as well that Gabriel was this tech genius who's invented the temple. He's got all his cameras set up, but he can't lock a door. Every single door in that complex is open for Wesley Snipes to come wandering through. He can also see Wesley Snipes on the camera, decides someone being on his lawn is um, good enough for him, a good enough reason for him to grab his gun, but then instantly recognise him. Why didn't he recognise him from the camera? Ridiculous. <laughs> I never even thought of that. It's so ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? <sighs> so we get introduced to the rest of the Motley crew after Isaac or Wesley Sykes give him, gives him a quick breakdown of the sitch. I know Faye was thrilled to see Anne Hesh. Oh, thrilled. Back up. Honestly, like, she's all the acting range of an ironing board. I can't deal with her. I can't. We do get a lot of great dialogue, like, hey, glad to see you back. Thanks, man. <laughs> and, real, and Seth... real, world, real world knowledge, real world weary shit. And, and Seth Rollins, his big screen debut, opening scene, he gets the line, Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> In fact... Just Seth Rollins. It takes quite a while before he extends past a sentence. Like, pretty much <laughs> every, just like one sentence. You're like, okay. For the first half of the film, I was counting his lines to work <laughs> out his sort of cost per, per dialogue in this film. He does get a bit more involved later on, to be fair. While we're mentioning Seth, 
we should have picked up from the start that there was going to be issues here because it is a WWE production. And I know you've got me in because there's a wrestler involved and it's WWE Studios, but it's also Saban who have produced one of my other favourite childhood pastimes, watching Power Rangers. So, oh. To be fair, it does look a lot like the costumes have been rescued from an earlier episode of Power Rangers. The cost, Even the costumes are boring. Like, you know, you, they are, aren't they? You know, like, do these people up. You know, give them, like, a gun hat or something. But nah, just... They, they, they had helmets with cameras on there. Oh, wow, like, wow. Just, I, I um, mean, that, that looks shit in itself. Yeah. It just looks I, like a terrible I'm, point I'm of intrigued by it. how you redress the military fade. You want, like, clowns running around. That... Se- sexy military <laughs> side. You know, get the guys in hot pants. Why not? I don't know. It's the whole look of it just bored me to tears. It it felt like doom somehow. See, all I thought, literally, from from when we get into the van and we start looking at that tech world, uh, which is terrible. But the only thing that I thought was like, oh, I bet this was like a first script for Resident Evil, and all they've done is go right, take the zombies out, and like. And then just do that. When they get into that van, there's absolutely no way they're in a van. They are not moving around. There's no jiggling or bumps in the road, you know, like unfortunately his daughter found out. There's none of that. Just <laughs> plain sailing. I, don't, I love the fact that they have that conversation with Wesley Snipes, even though he's in the front driving. But like everything in this film is over a tannoy system for some reason. Literally everything. Nobody can have a private conversation because everything's just broadcast everywhere. It makes literally no sense. Wesley Snipes, while driving, has a camera of what's happening in the back of the RV. (laughs) That seems unnecessary. (laughs) Oh, man. Maybe this guy just really likes cameras. Maybe that's what his specialist area were, setting up cameras. I don't even want to talk about the cameras in this film because... I mean, we'll get there, but there's a camera in a fucking air vent. Why is there a camera in an air vent? What is going on? Also, just to jump back, do you know, like you said, Anne Hetch, it acts like an ironing board or yeah. whatever you say. But at this point, Wesley Snipes has literally had one turn and one level all the way through this film. Nothing's changed yet. It's not give us any variation. And then the sad thing is, is it doesn't change ever. Even when yeah. he's angry, like he's, he's literally like, it's like a like a flat line. There's just one like, scene where he goes from zero to a hundred back to zero in the space of like a second. <laughs> Which scene is that? Well, I'm sure we'll come on to it. I'll, I'll mention it when we uh, when we get there. Sorry, just desperately rewatching it now. I'm trying to get the scene host the podcast <laughs> yeah. like an hour an hour and a half. If it does, I'd be amazed based on the, the rate we're going through it. To be fair, I'm just jumping back to Gabriel. So, do you know, like, now they're in prison and they're doing this. So they've got to prison, yeah, and they're, they're looking for the team. And we've got this little intern, Paul, yeah. Now, earlier on, we've just pointed out that on using a lighted-up CCTV, Gabriel can't tell that Wesley Snipes, this big figure, is walking into his yard. He has no idea who it is. But yeah. from a distance in the dark, he manages to see that Paul's gun, the safety is on. How the fuck does he do that? I didn't think that. I'm like, how the hell would you even notice that? That would that be amazing. impossible. We, we wow. have very much skipped over the um, exposition around um, around Temple. They're, they're lie detectors on steroid. But yeah. basically, while you're in this machine, not only can it tell whether you're lying, but it can read your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it that, can... right. If I was if I was marking Temple, that would be my main selling point. It's like if you have, it's like if you got the iPhone and you go, well, uh, you can text people. <laughs> it's all like, right. Those start off with your lowest possible thing you can do. Go, it's, hey, it's got a torch invent- on it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> invented this. You can read minds. Not only can it read minds, but it can analyze sweat and through sweat figure out code. It like like <clears throat> I've literally put. I know that in films we're supposed to suspend disbelief. But how much disbelief was this asking us to suspend, like, immediately? I was just like, I'm trying to pretend that part didn't exist because I'm just like, I just don't understand what it is. 
Like, I don't even understand how they wrote it. Like, what logic did they have behind it when they were writing it? Like, they can't base... How did they... I, I just couldn't get it. I just don't get it. I'm just going to say that was the start of every note I put going forward has just got a big question mark next to it. <laughs> I don't... What? I don't understand. I, I don't get what's happening. The Riddler was watching the film with you just over your shoulder, doodling on your paper. <laughs> Pretty much. I think Wesley Snipes were blackmailed into this film. Because I don't think, he, like, he doesn't look like he wants to be there. Someone had his kids hostage or something. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know. Just... Do you think Someone that's maybe why him. he's got such a different voice? Because he's like, well, you know, you can film me, but you're not having, you're not having my voice. I'm not making this sound like me. But where's the stance is Blade? And this, this film is very much like, is like a shit version of Blade. No, but there's, the there's no vampires. <laughs> yeah. There's no nothing. There is something though, and that's where we will move on to next. What is creeping around the temple? I sound ridiculous even saying that for the actual <laughs> the actual style of where the place is. And Hesh's past career is haunting her. Psycho remake is haunting her. In it. I think it's very much just a place where careers go to die, judging by the uh, look of it. But yeah, there is something weird. Nearly said creepy, but I'd be lying. There is something supposedly weird and creepy wandering around the facility, which we get in little kind of cardboard cutout in front of a spotlight silhouettes through various points in the first opening half hour. I think... We spend the first bit of the film, once we get in that inside, just walking around for quite a long time, opening doors, shouting clear. Um, yeah, just walking around with torches for about 10 yeah. minutes. With... Which keep pointing directly at the camera. And they're not even you... checking the rooms. They're literally shining in them, moving away. She's not. The... I'm saying she because I focused on Han Hesh's part more than anything. Because, you know, I was just waiting for her to die. Um, but she didn't even, like, go up in corners. She literally just won and then goes on. It's like, well, you're not a very good army person, whatever you are. You're not, very good, person. You're not a very good armed responder. <laughs> Useless. Yeah, but there is, as you say, there is an extended period of people wandering around and shouting clear. We do get oh. um, Seth Rollins' second line of the film at this point. Um, how do you know that? <laughs> it's just there as the brawn in it. It's like I, throughout the film, I can't actually believe how many people took him on. It seemed to be there just so people could punch him and fight him. And it's like, you know, and Hesh is about yay big and he's like a giant. Why is she taking him on? Because she's an idiot. Why? Because she's an idiot. Um. I do think he was there for, obviously, he is the brunt of most of the fighting scenes, I think. Um, and why did the... Um, this is just a personal question. Like, why were his jeans so fucking tight? He looked uncomfortable so when he was trying to walk. When he wrestles, or he used to have, like, really skin-tight leather trousers that he would wrestle in. Uh, it's just his style. Right. So that's just, like, to hop back to his wrestling days. Does he not it's wrestle so anymore? <laughs> He still wrestles, yeah, uh, but he's, he's changed um, characters a few times. Um, it's basically so that you can point out to people when they ask, oh, I do CrossFit. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen how you've piqued Mercer's interest since we've got onto the tight trousers bit? He's, all, he's suddenly a lot more interested in WWE. There's lots of people I'm in tight trousers there. <laughs> Come to an event with us, Mercer. will blow your mind. <laughs> I used to go to wrestling all the time when I was younger. Big Daddy, Johnny Sucks. Not that long ago. I saw um, Ultimate Warrior and um, I saw The Undertaker and the Kamala fight in Wembley Arena. Is it Kamala? What's Kamala? Yeah. Mm, thank there you, you very much. Full, full wrestling cred. So you didn't even yeah. need to get me on as a wrestling expert. You already got <laughs> Yeah, but we don't, we don't discuss it. That's my past. Yeah, right. There's lots of versus past we don't discuss. No. Which is a good thing. Um, anyway, back to this film. We discover a body. 
We discovered Someone should, tell, <laughs> one should tell Wesley Snipes that they've discovered the body. What? What, what, what does Wesley Snipes do at this point? Because they say to him, oh, Chief, we've, we found the body. He goes, okay, thanks. Say where we go, Amazon have delivered your shopping. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> the thing is, though, they found this body and he's burned to a crisp. So they just go, Alex, he's dead. I'm like, he's been fucking burnt to a crisp. I think that's important. Yeah. Like, if, if I'd be out at that point, to be quite honest. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't have even gone into this place. Sounds dodgy uh, as fuck. But... Uh, uh, but the armed forces and what we learn later on from... Um, I want to call him Brett, but that's not his name. Scott Colby. What's he called again? Seth. Seth Rollins. What we learn is nothing spooks them. So, of course, they're not going to leave. Fair point. Um, so, one thing that really threw me out here. So, Gabriel uh, tries to sort the power out because the lights are all off, obviously. That's why they're using torches. So, he tries to turn on the power with a screen. That doesn't work. So then he starts looking at fuses. I'm not an electrician, but if the power's out, I would start with the fuses and then move on to other options. <laughs> you would think, yeah. Also, with the power being out, it's very selective on what's out because we've got CCTV cameras working, but we've got no lights. They're like, oh, really? None of the technical stuff makes sense. We have that scene later with the new tech guy when he asks, "Have you tried logging in with a different log logging in with a different ID?" Essentially, going, Do you, "Are you using this computer? Do you want to log off for everything?" It's turned off and on again. That's exactly what they were like. Ah, oh, maybe you try logging in as someone else, and they'll just have the basic default Windows settings then before they started fucking around with it. But yeah. That, the, the power thing's weird. And then what's weird is I think this film obviously said, right, we'll do it in blocks because we've had some time with people walking around. Now let's just have time of people finding dead bodies. Um, so we get to find all the dead bodies now, which is really exciting um, because everyone seems to just know where to go in this massive police facility to find these dead bodies. Um, they cover so much ground. How long do you want the film to be, Mercer? Like four hours of them wandering around not finding bodies. <laughs> well, it would have been a bit more realistic, would it? Well, uh, <laughs> it's just like, like it just didn't make sense. Like they just like managed to cover so much ground. Like just maybe don't find someone and have like this, like keep give us like this element of like tension where we're like, oh my god, they've not found one of bodies. Maybe this person's crazy, and this shadow that we're seeing is this person. Rather than it's like, all right, yeah, they're all dead. We've got don't that. They, don't they only find like four bodies that aren't, and I'm trying to run through it in my head now whether they find all of them. So there's the bathtub, yeah. we, as we run through them, so we've got the bathtub, we've got the guy burnt to a crisp, yeah. we've got the air duct, air duct, yeah. we've got the knife through the chest, yeah. and then we've got the person who shot themselves outside the facility. The outside yeah. the facility, by the way, that looks massively like the packed. Mm-hmm. That we covered in a previous episode of Prime Scene Investigation. It looks like the building from the Pact Mercer. Yeah, I, I see a huge face, but it does. Um, also, is the bathtub murder oh, oh. by the spirit the one where the direction was just get yourself in a bath and thrash around? And, you know, yeah, that's yeah, I it. So. I hated that. That was ridiculous. So, Gabriel does find the bloodiest of all the bodies. Uh, no ill effects from the night on the booze there, though. He just looks at it. That's fine. He's seen worse. He's seen his daughter get splattered, hasn't he? So he's prepped he's for used it. For the blood. Yeah. True. I mean, I forgot his daughter died by this point. In the <laughs> <film>. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter that you forgot because it's not going to make any difference. None at all. Just and if, so if you think we're being sarcastic and there's going to be some wild reveal, there isn't. There is, no, note, there is nothing. Just a a correction as well. I just realised I said the pact was in the earlier episode when it's the task. We the task. So yes. just, for me to, just for me to correct myself there, rather than people wading through the back episodes trying to find the time we covered the pact, because I tell you what, I will never fucking cover the pact. 
overarm response, fair, but not the fact. <laughs> no. And to be fair, because I actually was sat here for a brief moment going, the pipe, the pipe, when did we do the pipe? Which is the pipe? Like, I, I didn't even remember anymore. There's, um, there's two things that Chris will get angry about more so than anything else. One of them is the pipe, and the second one is Beth Ditto winning most influential female in enemy. She didn't win most influential female. She was... <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. Enemy said she was the most important person in music. Oh, fuck off. No. <laughs> he rages. It's so funny. But back to the film. Um, it's at this point we also find the Afghan war criminal, Armadi, hiding in a sensory deprivation tank, as you do. As you do. To gather your thoughts, obviously. See, I'm wondering as well, how long has he been in there? How long has he had to survive? Because we find out later on that the temple is broadcasting video back to Langley, CIA headquarters, of the temple running as normal and everyone just going about their daily routine. How long is it supposed to be before they found out that something is wrong? I don't know. And do you know why I don't know? Because there's a part where one of them soldiers walks into the dining room, picks up a glass of liquor that's still got frozen ice in it. And has a drink and drops it on the floor. Now, ice defrosts, right? In liquid, quite quickly. So it, it could only be a matter of minutes. <laughs> minutes. Okay. I don't know the time the, the, the time scale is like out of the window in this film. It can't have been in that long because it didn't come out with wrinkly skin. So it can't have been that it, yeah, won't be long. So just before uh, we meet the guy in the deprivation tank, they say that the prison is locked down and three of them managed to slow down a mechanical door which seems like the security in this place is not up to standard if human beings can slow down mechanical doors. My favourite thing about that lockdown is it happens while they're stood around reminiscing. If they had just got out of there, they would have got locked down. If they had just sat there said, hey, do you remember it's just like that time back in Nam? They'd have been fine. They'd have been out the door. So, what I mean, this goes to show you know, like what we learned earlier about him is great with cameras and such like but when it comes to doors no not so good it's not his it's not his um area of expertise because temple is overriding him as we learn when we watch the video temple is alive apparently <laughs> i swear it's to alive. god the fucking concept angers me it's ridiculous <laughs> but anyhow <laughs> I would say, so Armadi has rocked up there because he's been essentially contacted by Temple nefariously to get him into that location. We find out that he was part of US missions such as Operation Enduring Freedom, but America had problems with his methods. At that point, all believability completely goes out the window for me. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout this film, I did spend a lot of my time going, eh, and what? Um, and one of my big airs and what was, this dude has managed to, you know, he's had this passport sent to him, these coordinates, and he's caught three planes, I think it says, like he goes from one place to another to another, and he rocks up at this prison thing, all while wearing a prison uniform. And How also, the fuck the planes... <laughs> They, they introduce him as number three on the FBI's most wanted What's list. list. Number, number one, one in, in Afghanistan. Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most generic introduction for a villain imaginable. Like, I love the fact they didn't the yet It's like, it's like armed response, number five in the DVD chart in Turkmenistan. I'd say that one of the, like, you know, you think the believability of a building sending coordinates to someone would you know be a real irk for me but then I like House on Haunted Hill so it's one of the few things that didn't actually piss me off. Is that the end of the episode? We're done? Is that what we're doing? Unfortunately there's a lot more film to get through here. A lot more. 
not even at the halfway point here. I'm not going to lie when I say me and Faye watched this and I couldn't go 10 minutes without her asking how much longer was left. So, I hate it. So the joyous thing we have is we, we get this, we've got Armada, we try and torture him to get some information out of him. Not torture him, we try and get some information out of him. Um, which is all cool. But for some reason, this electrical current has a bit of a thing for him. I don't know where this electricity comes from all of a sudden, but now we, we're, you know, we've got these, these silhouetted shadows stalking him, and now electricity also stalks him. Which is you, can really tell cool. it's, you can tell it's electricity as well because there's little blue bolts on his body um, <laughs> in the worst <laughs> effects imaginable. <laughs> my, my notes simply say he has now become Electro Man. <laughs> Well, that's it. At this point, I'm like, ah, so he's now going to be the villain because he's got electricity in his body. Evil no, electricity. That's not even what happens. He doesn't become a villain yet. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, but we also then get the joy. And this is the thing that bugs me about this film. So it starts off with us seeing the people running away from people. Then we get to see each person's dead body and get an idea of how they died. And now we have to watch the fucking deaths of the five people in the camp. Um, oh. the, for some reason, the technology in this place places the cameras perfectly every single time. Like, we can we can view from their point of view and from the point of view of nothing and from... And I still can't get over it. When she's crawling through the air then and there's a camera in there and she goes up to the camera and goes, help me, and I'm like, who the fuck puts a camera in an air? You can't get over it. They've seen yeah, Die have... Hard before, so they wanted to be sure to, uh, <laughs> to cover oh, all angles. Could it be the person that drops from the air then earlier on? Could they have maybe lost their helmet or something? And she's crawling no, into the helmet. Because she, she's crawling. That's the one from the original death. Yeah, could his hat not have fallen off in there? Things generally fall down rather than up, though, Faye. So. No, but in a vent, it'll stay, wouldn't it? If he's getting dragged away and it comes off... Yeah, what death are you talking about, Faith? That one where they open a shaft and it falls right near right at the start, and it falls. I think it's like the first. Is it the first death you see? And that's it's a death I'm on about. Oh. <laughs> Did you just like I'd just make your own deaths up in this film? I think I think I've zoned out at this point. To be quite honest with you, I think I've fully zoned out. Just before we see the deaths, so. Um... Armadi manages to get out of the machine um, and all of them burst into the room. He's convinced that he's going to kill Riley, um, but Gabriel manages to negotiate with him. So he's a, a tech wizard negotiator. We'll see all of his range of skills through this film, but he's the perfect man, as far as I can see, apart from killing his daughter, obviously. As Rollins, um, Rollins says, he can't even keep his own family alive. Exactly. <laughs> ha, burn. Burn. <laughs> Uh, Rollins does lay out um, Armadi as well and calls him a fucking mutt. I'm not really <laughs> sure I understand the insult. I'd love to be a dog. Absolutely no insult there whatsoever. I think it's um, obviously a cultural thing. Maybe. I think, yeah, I'm, I've worked with Turkish people and if I called them a mutt, they'd be really pissed off with me. They'd rather me call them a, a, like, a wanker or something. Than like an animal. Your camera, well, your sound half went out then, so I thought you said wank roast. I did say wank roast. <laughs> yeah. A roasted wank. Um, like Alex in this film, because I reckon that's what we were doing in that little oven, jacking himself off before he got burnt to death. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, where were we? So the um, camera's just... only, only showing people what it wants to, um, wants to see. So it's basically doing the trick from speed, or, by, or I thought of that. They basically had the video looping through. Uh, but they decide that it's Temple that's doing it. If that's the case, why did Temple show any of it then? Does, oh, I mean, if you take into consideration when you, why they're there, when you find out why they're there, could it be that the try it's trying to give them some sort of chance to redeem themselves? Maybe. I think, yeah, in my mind, Temple's trying to explain to Gabriel why he's having to come and do this. Um, because, you know, 
Temple. And I don't know why Temple's so pissed off at these people that it doesn't know um, about something that they did in Afghanistan. Like, I don't know why Temple itself is to such took such a personal vendetta. It's, um, it's, I think the AI, the AI has turned into judge, jury and executioner. I I think is the gist of what they were going, going for. It's gone from just an AI machine that could tell if people are lying and read their minds to actually deciding what is and what isn't punishable. Yeah, I've, I've written in my notes Skynet, essentially. See, all I've got written in my notes at this point is why is Anne Hesh still alive? <laughs> surely, surely we should have had her death by now. Anne Hesh is on the grave robbing front, going through yeah. that soldier's pockets. Like, nice iPhone, have that. <laughs> Swipe. <laughs> See, this is the thing about Anne Hesh. Her character story arc is a bit bizarre because she clearly wants to keep it covered up, which is why I think she's going through the pockets to make sure that there's no evidence. But for some reason, she's also treated as an innocent partner, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, she still covered it up. I think she should still be punished, right? And she did, think... did she not fire a single shot when the people were attack, like, attacking them afterwards? No. She shoots to save Gabriel later on. And then she also, I'm sure she says how she was sorry for what happened. So I think the temple at that point used her helping him and her contrition enough to allow her to get away, which is, yeah. You can get away with anything as long as you apologise. It's the uh, <laughs> message from the story. I'm not having that because the person who plays Tilson, um, when we see why the temple's done what it's done, you after it's all gone down, you can see how upset and guilty she looks after. Yeah, she still gets punished. And... Did, did she go on like a shooting spree? But, but what, so I'm not, so not to condone what they did. So basically, just just so that, you know, we know it's jumping ahead, but the whole reason Temple's doing this is because these people did something bad in Afghanistan. So something Amadi did. So Amadi loses his call and then everyone get, ends up involved in this situation. Um, but they they were almost had no choice because once the crowd started pulling guns out, they have to defend themselves. Now they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have got into that situation. No, so they shouldn't. Because that, that was their. Yeah, that was I'm their not fault. saying once, once, once someone in the crowd pulled a gun out, the automatic reaction for them is to stop them to save themselves from being killed. Yeah. The, the but, ones but they didn't outside, say sorry, Mercer. So Temple's taking it out on them. Ah, uh, but they're the ones. The ones outside are the five who were first. The first five who get killed. Mm. Um, by Tempo um, they're the ones who were put in a position out of their control because once they lost control of that crowd which they lost once Armadi did what he did they, they, like their options were very limited in my opinion not right not right to shoot anybody but someone did pull a gun out just, on them as well just talking about that scene when we find out what's actually happened the Star Trek transporter style effects. Oh, when Gabe, oh, when, Gabe when Gabe teleports into the scene. Jesus Christ. It's very um, 70s style effects, isn't it? Star wipe. <laughs> <laughs> Who pulls him into the sink tank? Because it's not a person I recognize. The spirits. Of who? Of the people who were about to find out what happened to them. They are all spirits there. Uh, what's funny about that is, this is the very first time I've actually, the, my anger got me. When he transported through, I'm just like, are you fucking serious? Are we now in some sci-fi fucking world transposit? I can't even speak. I was <laughs> angry about it. <laughs> I just, honestly, I was just like, what? is going on right now what is this film like what does it want to be and oh mate you should have been me i was asking this 10 minutes in it was ghost of christmas past from muffet's christmas carol it's obvious 
Oh, we haven't got to the scene yet with the arms and the wall, but I do want to talk no. about the scene with the arms and the wall. So b- before we get to the explanation, there's a very graphic death scene for Saeed as the the truck reverses into him and then crushes his head. Yeah. Brian Harvey. <laughs> yeah, ran over himself, had too many potatoes. Um, Never forget that story. A man, who, a man who had to lean out of the car to throw up because he ate too many baked potatoes and ran over his own head. Um, and my note uh, basically says that the most exciting scene of this part of the film was them checking the air and water for chemicals. We get at least three or four minutes of them check it, putting water into little vials and stuff. Like, how trained are these soldiers? They can do in everything. My favourite thing about Saeed's death is that when they find him, one of them runs up and he's stood there going, Sai, Sai, Sai. And you can clearly see his brains kind of popped out. <laughs> it's you not know, doing resuscitation. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you, you, can, you can, you know, we've got all these, you've got all these expertise on checking air quality and water quality and all this jazz, but you can't tell that someone's brain popping out of their head means that they're probably dead. I, like, I don't... Like, it's I don't know. I was just again. I was gonna say, I don't know if you've seen it, Sai. It's not a spoiler what I'm about to tell you, but there is a scene in Spiral where um they find somebody who's clearly been skinned alive and he runs up to him when Chris Rock comes in and goes, We think he's been skinned alive. It's like, yes, <laughs> obviously he's been skinned alive. What gave it away? <laughs> it's like this. Why do you think he's dead? Um, Paul, the sort of dweeb character, pukes at this scene. Um, Gabriel's unaffected, of course, because he's got a stomach of a, a lion. <laughs> yeah, the full road traffic accident would have brought it all back for Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Um, and, and Rollins basically starts his um, wrestling character heel work by telling uh, Riley that he doesn't give a shit as long as he's looking out for his own ass. Yeah. Good work, Rollins. Which, though, sounds terrible. I appreciate, because at least he's honest about it. Like, you know, what bugs me is Anne Hedge gives a full list of characters. What about O'Neill, Alex, da 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 Like, let's list everyone who's died and all the victims in Afghanistan first like like it's pointless um but she has to do it obviously because that's what the script writer wants i think um, should, i think the script writer's got himself lost at this point and he's forgot who's died so he's literally just doing a roll call check down to make sure that he's got everyone <laughs> to be fair though i think he does that earlier in the film just before lockdown like you said but they go what am i gonna tell o'neill's husband and alex's wife and so 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 you're like all right yeah we know the dead and this stuff <laughs> Well, uh, most of them get named, um, and then it's just an O'Neill's wife. Like, does O'Neill's wife not have her own name, <laughs> her own personality? O'Neill's wife who brought this, brought, only just brought Dip to the Christmas party, so we blank yeah. her. Yeah. What a bitch. <laughs> I've got another question. So you O'Neil... need another $10 secret Santa limit. Wow. Uh, just a general question. So O'Neill is a female character. Uh, which is fine, as is Tilson, which is fine, um, and Riley, which is fine. But it feels like them all now. I'm just naming the characters. Um, make sure I've got them all. But um, obviously, I don't know what whether Riley is a first name or surname. But O'Neill and Tilson definitely sound like surnames. Why do we refer to the female characters by surname, but male characters by first name? You're I don't get it. Way too deep on this, mate. Like. Needed something to think about. <laughs> All right. Um, this is why you got so many question marks you look, on your desk. You're looking for just too many layers there, Merce. You're like, oh, that shade of paint on that light switch really is a different colour. I wonder what that means. <laughs> I just feel like it was wrote by a man who doesn't know how to address women. Um, unless right. it's, no, because it just feels very much like like in the army or forces you you know people i think like when you watch films they do address people by surname um, yeah but like, yeah a lot of the time yeah you call privates and stuff yeah, yeah. Be fair, we're, still, so it's like, we're lucky we didn't have o'neill hickson tits mcgee tits mcgee tits um, McGee. You know, tits McGee. um but no i just felt like this separation of women and 
men are just, it just, so I'm just, I'm all right, I'm fishing for something to say, okay, because we've had hours of this film where nothing makes sense and a lot of it, nothing's happening, but we do hear them names a lot. I'm just glad someone else is talking so that I don't have to, if I'm honest. I'm sure the audience feel like as well. <laughs> <laughs> are we near the end yet? Not far oh, off. Oh, God. So, like, um, yeah, you're supposed to enjoy these. Oh, I, I, I enjoyed, I enjoy talking about them. I just I have such a hate for this film. I was honestly, it when it like Chris was saying, it's not even that it's a bad film. It's just that nothing. It's just so bland and. Yeah. Um. So this is that this is the point where um. Wesley Snipes goes from zero to a hundred and back down. So oh. he goes into the um, like interview room um, and sees himself uh, killing himself in the glass, and then like a ringing starts in his ears, and he goes from perfectly calm to screaming in agony to then I'm on my way. <laughs> he <laughs> also wasn't the space of five seconds. He also wasn't holding his ears in that scene. It, they were literally hovering over his lobes like that. It's like you'd be pushing, but it just it just had him right there. He also didn't use any actual words. It were all like, oh yeah, oh no. It would tell you, it was like you, sound, you sound like Bobcat Goldthwait. Whoever <laughs> <laughs> it were. <laughs> but it were like, uh, what? What are these noises that you're making? This is the um, most, most terrifying scene here, only because it reminds me of my own tinnitus. <laughs> <laughs> But this is also where I will go in, what the fuck? Because he shoots that glass and then that glass heals itself. And I'm like, what, what, what? Like, ghosts don't do that and neither does artificial intelligence. So is it the building that's alive that's doing it? It's, it's a premonition, in it? He has a premonition of his own death. That's what I thought it were. Yeah, but then he shoots Because he doesn't die. No, but he still shoots glass. That, and the glass fixes itself. Did yeah, you even watch this one? Yeah, because yeah, but I thought it was like going out of his mind that it weren't really real. They didn't really shoot it. But Temple's the this to, to everyone that we've seen so far. I don't know then. Um, I don't know. Sorry. But yeah. And then I also started getting frustrated at this point because do you know when we watched the video or the videos of everybody else dying? Yeah. It kind of started at 1901 and by 1951 <laughs> everyone were dead. And you're like, right, it's still five people in 50 minutes, 10 minutes a person, cool. I'm like 25 hours into this film with these people and it's killed one person. <laughs> Not only killed only one person, but it then releases the actual real-life villain of the film, Armada, by electricity again. This electricity that keeps coming. Do you know when he's tied to the bed, electric comes through and releases him. And then Amadi then goes and kills the actual totally innocent Paul, who's done nothing wrong at all, other than sub for Gabriel while he's been off. This temple, for no reason, has, has, has not killed anybody in the amount of time that it's had to kill him, which it could have done, and then caused the death of an innocent because it released an actual villain. They sort of try and justify it by uh, Rollins accuses Gabriel of being responsible for temple uh, all of the things that temple are doing and then says that paul must be in on it as well um so yeah you get stabbed in the neck for it um i quite enjoyed Roll rollins work here i thought he was very good as a shit-eating heel <laughs> it was it was their masculine paranoia wasn't it that's what that's what it led to and that poor kid yeah he absolutely didn't deserve to die you're only one of good things about this film well Earlier on in the film, he does, uh, no, for, in full knowledge of what's happening, uh, thinks he hears something, so he goes, hello, who's there? You're asking to be murdered if you're actively like looking for the problem. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. He does that twice, I think. He does, um, yeah. Very brave boy um, and very stupid. Also, why does everyone insist on being on their own in this film? <laughs> Because they're hard. <laughs> but they just insist on it. Like, right, I'm going to go and do this. We're going to go all the way over there. We know that there's something imagine invisible killing off everybody, but we're not going to stick together at all. 
it's worse that they highlight very early on in the film, let's go in twos, <laughs> but then just ignore that towards the end. Because maybe if you, you know, unless you go by yourself, how are you going to have a reason to list everyone who's died? You might forget if people start dying in groups. Confuse us. True. True, I guess. Anyway. I think we then reach phase highlight of the film temporarily with Seth Rollins killing Anne Hesh or apparently killing Anne Hesh. Yeah, Again, you say apparently. Logic-wise, if you're special forces and you go to kill someone, surely they would normally be dead. You wouldn't. You don't just stop and go, right, think she's dead, then wander off. He wasn't going to kill her, um, I think, because he, he just said to her, go to sleep, go to sleep. I don't think his intention was ever to kill her because she's part of what it is. I think his intention was just knock her out um, and then keep her involved in this big cover-up uh, that they've done. Um, I don't know how they got away with this cover-up, but this big cover-up, which um, we weren't clear about, was Armadi killing some... Um, I'm saying they're Afghanistan. They, they were in Afghanistan, yeah. yeah. Yeah, killing um, some potential um, American allies um, in Afghanistan uh, because he's a fucking psycho, um, shooting a little girl straight through Ed. They love killing kids in this film, I'll give them that. Well, we got to see Gail get shot, um, which were unusual. Um, and then all hell broke loose. And that's that's the whole reason why they're all at Temple, um, because the spirits of the dead Afghanistan people invaded the Temple system or something, or um, or Temple, like you said, this, when actually I don't like what you did, you people who were in here, so I'm going to judge, jury, and execute you. Um, but that's why, why they're there, and that's why it's kicked off. But how did it know how to get there? How, like, there's, there's no explanation it, it was to say. There. No, no, but what it's I mean is, it all, it all came about from them being killed, right? So, like, they don't know Gabriel. And... No, but I think I think it's Tem. I think the AI system with Temple is off. As I say, I think they're they're edging towards the AI system so advanced it's now become rather than just lie detector, it's now sentient and judge jury. And, right, okay, and okay. it brings through with the temporal stuff it does it recreates the victims from that slaughter and that's them therefore running around through this weird kind of temporal vortex thing basically okay. i think that formally is what they were going for right okay not really, not really explained or any way it would work but although as you say you gotta suspend some disbelief that this is maybe a step too far yeah. without being clear over exactly what they were intending Okay. Along with the Riley versus Rollins fight, we also get Gabriel versus Wesley Snipes, which should be an absolute physical mismatch, but Gabriel somehow gets the better of him. Um, so not on- only does he not get hangovers, he's uh, got a master's, he's clearly a very intelligent tech guy, he's amazing at fighting, and then we find out in the next scene that he's a crack shot with a handgun as well. <laughs> There's nothing this guy can't do. It's even got another skill, which is um, the miraculous drying skill. Um, after being submerged in water, he's not wet at all. Um, even if he wanted to say, well, he could, he, he could be wet, he's dried off, but his shoes weren't squelching when he was walking. He, he was so dehydrated from last night's booze that his body just absorbed it all instantly. Never passed his cycling proficiency test, though, has he? <laughs> Well, Gabriel. Um, yeah. So we're we're on a run of bodies piling up at this point, which is weird since we haven't had one for the first eighty-five minutes. So. <laughs> you know, we are on a run of body bodies piling up, but the interesting thing is, none of them are killed by Temple now. They're all killed by each other. Because maybe, maybe Temple's no, getting inside their head. The, or... That with when we have Rollins die, Temple sucks the machine gun to the wall. Oh, yeah, and the bullet and the sorry, yeah, and the ammo cartridge explodes, shooting Rollins. Who's the dude who loses his arms? That's Armadi. Armadi, go on, Faye. Go, I know you want to talk about it. This was my favorite bit of the whole film. Just how the walls morph 
and cling onto his arm and then rip both of his arms off and he just falls to the floor and dies. Like, number one, I'm sure you don't actually die instantly from having your arms ripped off. And number two, where was the blood? Because he was a clean as a fucking pampers nappy. It was all over the floor. It wasn't. I didn't see. You'd expect it to be spraying out of his arms if he had his arms ripped off. There was nothing coming from him at all. The, the effect of the arms was the most um, early 90s thing in the world as well. Like It looked yeah. like the sort of thing you could do in PowerPoint yourself. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, I mean, it was shit. It was ridiculous, but it was the most entertaining thing about the world. Why the fuck were the walls alive? <laughs> I just don't get it. Temple. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, the answer we, to everything. We go, we're going to Simpsons now, aren't we? Going, look, if there's a question, if there's an answer to a question, if, some, if you've got a question and we don't know, just say Temple did it. It's like, why are the walls alive? <laughs> Temple. Temple. How'd they get there? Temple. <laughs> it honestly drove me crazy. Like, when, when we went into the building being alive, because like I said, all the way through, I'm going, I don't understand. Like, is it a ghost? Is it the AI? Is it the building? Is it in their minds? What is it? Like, is it the me- ancient Indian burial ground they built on? It wouldn't surprise me if that was something that popped up in one of their backstories about when the prison was built. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I could purely imagine that being something that happened. And then, then this is my biggest, I would like, this was, I was just like, what the fuck is going on when that little girl walks out and goes, you're alive, go home now. And then her eye yields, and then she flickers like a computer and disappears. I was like, what? The fuck is going on? What is this? I, 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 I wish you'd have told me that at the beginning of the film, so I, I just turned it right off. You're free <laughs> now. Go. All right. <laughs> no worries, mate. It was terrible. Uh, Temple also electrocutes Wesley Snipes to, to yeah. kill him off as well. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah, it does electrocute him on glass. See, that's, that's how bad Wesley Snipes' performance is in this film. You can't even, you know, <laughs> we're not even remembering how he died. It's just like, oh, yeah, he died and all. Gabriel, who's done nothing wrong, who Temple has been showing him all the whole way what he's happened. lost his daughter. Who just lays there, sits there and dies from the gunshot room for Wesley Snipes earlier on. And Anne Hesh, who's the only one of the guilty party, gets to just walk away scot-free. And she just walks away. Now, I'm sure we all remember when they were driving to that prison, we got a lovely aerial shot about how that prison is in the middle of fucking nowhere. Where's she going? Also, is no one going to ask questions about the fact that 11 people are missing? That's always my favourite moment in these films. I feel like explaining that. Yeah, I feel we need an epilogue or when they do the DVD, an extra on there where they're sitting down at the... uh, the debriefing going, okay, what happened? Which <laughs> go, well, let me tell you. See, a, a wall took someone's arms off. <laughs> my favorite one of those will always be catacombs because I'd love to know what that taxi driver said to her. So, in the catacombs, she rocks up covered in blood with no money, no identification, just gets in a taxi and goes, airport, please. Bitch, where are you going? Where are you going? And that if I were that taxi driver, I'd turn around like, right, well, I'm going to take a tea to the police, or you're getting out. Get out of my cab, please. Yeah. I really want it. You know, because when I'm hit, we're walking away at the end, and then it goes, uh, system 100% rebooted or whatever. I really wanted it to get to that gate, turn around, and then gate to slam shut. We are. Oh, that would have been shut. good. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, bitch. And, then, and then everyone would have gone, yay! I certainly would have. Mate, the film ended. Everyone everyone went yay at that point anyway. I'm intrigued to see what Temple does next. What other injustices uh, is it going to seek to rectify? Oh, Zeke's used the last of the milk. (laughs) (laughs) Get him wall. It'll be like Sora as it gets more... It'll be like Sora as it gets more and more petty as it goes along. (laughs) They did, they did say that there's temples everywhere on a oh cruise God. ship in a prison. Oh, oh, yes, prison. temple at the sea. <laughs> temple at the sea. 
Well, like it, they suck them into the water. Oh no, they just drowned. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it sucked him into the water. He's drowning. That's all that's happening. Shut up, Pink. Oh, Shannon Sossaman will get you on board for it. Airport, please. <laughs> she rocks up on a ship. That's what oh, happens. Is that, not the, is that not the plot of Wreck Re- Eight or whatever it might be in this choice? Oh, I don't know. They all, all mold into one after a while. I do honestly. I do think that um, this this does it. Genuinely, I said it before. It genuinely feels like a, a first draft of like a Resident Evil or something where they've not fully figured out the science or the logic behind anything. Um, where, like you've just said earlier, Chris, where any question we just got, oh, Temple has done it. Like, it just feels like that's like what they did. And then accidentally it got made with that I script. That's, I think that's the most accurate uh, description of this film. They've not fully thought it through. <laughs> so with Anne Hesh walking off into the distance, into robbed. the unknown. Sorry. I was robbed. Yeah, so he were. She should have died. She should be Faye, gone. Are you feeling hard done by the fact that Anna is just alive. alive? And that I had to watch this film, yeah. And yeah, you had to watch this film. We may as well wrap this case up at this point. So, as usual, with I Spit on Your Greys, it wouldn't be us without giving the film an actual grade. We've all scored individually. Mercer, tell me, what did he get? Well, um, this is a first. Um, it's it's the lowest grading film we've ever had on the show. It's even lower than the astronaut's wife. Oh, hey, <laughs> came in with a grade. You, <laughs> but unwatchable. Universal. <laughs> <laughs> As in, as in unwatchable, fair. As in unforgivable. As in un, 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 all the unwords are negative, basically. Universally uh, despised. Yeah, you was our lowest grade, um, and that's what it got because apparently none of us really liked it. Uh, no. As I said, as, as I said at the start, it's not a badly made film as such it's just a film that has absolutely no logic and nothing really happens and we were extremely bored watching it yeah it it went from being the most generic action film imaginable um to the most batshit crazy (laughs) lack of logic um mess at, at large parts but it definitely wasn't the worst film i've ever seen not the worst film I've ever watched. Not Shoulders as long as some films. <laughs> right. No, so... I... Oh, sorry, Mercer. Mm. I'm just gonna say, yeah, it's not it's not a brilliant film per se, but you know, it does have redeeming quality. I, I can't I, I can't even say it's got redeeming qualities because I can't even think of it. I'm so sorry. No, fair enough. So, one, if we had to sum up this case in one line, there you go on, one line to sum this all up. A waste of my Friday evening. There you go. Mercer, how about you? What the fuck is happening? And there you so, go. Seth Rollins is a better actor than Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> And I would say, you know what? They should have just phoned IT support. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you, Mercer and Faye, as always, for another deep dive into an absolute Amazon Prime classic. If you want to listen to not only our previous Prime Scene Investigation episodes, but our regular I Spit on Your Grades episodes, you can find them all on all good podcast providers, Anchor, Spotify, and the like. You can follow us on Spit Grades at both Instagram and Twitter, and I Spit on Your Grades on Facebook. And if you want to email us, you can email us at electricpossums at gmail.com. Sai, 
where can they find select match type uh, so obviously we're on twitter and instagram at select match pod uh, we're just at the end of series six if you're a horror fan but also enjoy wrestling go back and listen to our back catalog it's available wherever you get your podcast spotify itunes um anchor the, the usual suspects um we're actually just at the end of our tables ladders and chairs oh my series um so we've just got the roundup to do for that uh, but we'll be announcing our, our new series very shortly uh, but it's it's sure to be a, a fan favorite i'm i'm sure i hear your co-host is really cool and funny as well i don't know where you've heard this from <laughs> <laughs> But thank, thank you very much for joining us. So, sorry, we do appreciate it. No. If you join us again, I promise we won't do this again. Do you? We'll find some. We'll we can get one of the other, the, one of the other examples of um, wrestlers in horror films, like See No Evil or some some other classic like that. Yeah, we'll we'll do we'll do something far better. It's not it's not going to be hard to find a film that's far better. So. <laughs> to no, be fair, though, thank you for having me. It's not a chase, it's a random generator. We I know. Is a, it is a random generator. The random generator will do what the random generator does. So, say goodbye, Sai. Thanks for having me. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Sai. See ya. And you, Mercer. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. <laughs> we'll see you next time. But for this case, it's closed. Thank fuck. <laughs> Oh dear.